The Inside Vegas Podcast and the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented to you by MyBookie.ag. Right now to honor football season, MyBookie.ag is offering you up to $1,000 in free bets using the promo code SGP. That's right, $1,000 in bonus bets. Enter that promo code at MyBookie.ag, SGP. We're also brought to you by Ace Per Head. Ace is the leader in paperhead providers, and they make it super easy to start your own sportsbook. Become a bookie today, and Ace is offering you up to six weeks free over at aceperhead.com slash SGP. That's aceperhead.com slash SGP. Welcome into the, I, I mean, man, what even do we call this episode? The first one, I believe we were at like, you, you cut me off at my knees, man. I was up to episode, I think 97 on the original feed and we have swapped over the debut episode myself and James Alberino. Of course, you probably know him on Twitter at spread investor. My man, we finally made it. We were what a week late waiting for Apple to figure out our feed inside Vegas is now its own feed. So much more stuff coming. How are you, my friend? I'm good, my man. New beginnings. I saw you getting up to episode 100, creeping up there, and I said, let me barge in and get in on this, and uh, let's make these phone calls official and get them on a pod and and get these conversations out to the general public, and let's have some fun. Yeah, and again, full full disclosure here. In our infancy, we had some mic issues on your end. You're on kind of the normal interview, you know, Host of of kind of how those things sound that will be fixed um, next week, a hundred percent, man. But I think it's important because I've been kind of the um, I'll say hype man, but I've been by nature of doing more shows with Ryan and Sean, been kind of plugging this and kind of what I think of this new concept for us out on our own. But I want to kind of give you the floor. Um, to kind of, you know, what your vision is for this. I know podcasting is kind of the next logical step in your progression. And um, then I'll kind of, you know, talk about my side of things, but I think that I've kind of done that a little bit and kind of just get your take on what you kind of see this show uh, becoming um, in and of itself within the gambling world and everything that we're going to go over week to week, bro. Well, we've spoken about this for a while and, you know, not only do we want to have a podcast, we games and gambling picks and analysis. You know, we do that all the time, but we wanted to bring on another aspect of the industry and talk about things that go on in the industry that don't necessarily get brought up uh, in a uh, 40 or 280 character uh, tweet or just things that aren't getting discussed that a lot of people are interested in listening to. And we want to talk to other handicappers in the industry. We want to talk about the ins and outs of not only the handicapping process and everything that goes into it, but uh, just different stories that are relevant to it and things that we think a lot of our followers would be interested in listening to the rest of the season. Yeah, I think the word that I think there is a show that's called this already in the space that unfiltered is the biggest word kind of shooting from the hip that that I've been so infatuated with this concept. Um for a while. And, you know, I think that there's really nothing off limits when it comes to this side of stuff for us on this show. And, you know, if there is, you're going to hear as much as we possibly can. And maybe it's something that we, you know, you'll literally, we're not going to edit a thing. It's not going to be, uh, let's not talk about that. Let's go back and cut that. You'll hear either of us be like, uh, we're not really ready to talk about that, or I can't really go into that. So you'll at least get that, you know, kind of aspect of it. 
the guest side of things, man, I, I think this is probably one of the strongest things that we're going to be able to bring on. And again, because I'm, I'm so used to being in the host chair and interviewing people, I, I kind of want to give you more of this because this isn't, again, I am, we are completely co-hosting it. This is not me just interviewing you or vice versa. This is going to be such a back and forth. So I want to give kind of you the floor to talk about kind of what we have up our sleeves is ter- in terms of kind of hosts coming on the names in the industry and talking about things that and talking with people about things that hasn't really been uh, in the space to this date. Well, look, you and I both have a lot of relationships in this industry, and I think anyone who's followed us on Twitter for a while is aware of our network to some extent. And we want to tap into that network, you know, whether it's it's guys like Whale or Vegas Refund or, you know, other guys in the industry that just have different aspects and different vantage points uh, into the industry, different styles of handicapping, um, the storytelling aspect of this. Look, I mean, when you listen to this pod, we want this to sound like you're listening to either us having a phone conversation and just talking to one another, or, you know, we're, we're sitting in the, the back of a bar, just kind of shooting the shit. And, and you're listening to a lot of the stuff that goes on in a pro handicapper's life or uh, just other things that are going on in the industry. So other people that are in our network, I'm excited to tap into that and, and just bring in all those different aspects. Yeah. And again, nothing off limits. I think that there's a lot of people in the industry that maybe aren't even, you know, quote unquote, that we're not friends with that, a, a conversation uh, whether it be explaining, defending, or giving their side of things is something that has long been uh, not happening in the space. And, you know, on, on my side, there's some things of what I do in, in working with certain, you know, people and groups that I can't necessarily, you know, go 100% in, but I will absolutely give as much, uh, you know, into that side of things. You said that word, man, network, you said handicappers. Are you sick of hearing the word pro handicapper or do you th- at least think of uh, think of it in a different light than you once did of just professional betting, going to the sports book, sitting down, making your bets, making your numbers and kind of, you know, do you consider a content provider a sports handicapper? Because it always it's such a fine line to me. And I think it's something that has been so interesting for so long. I think there is a fine line. Yeah, I you know, I don't particularly love the word handicapper. Like what's a handicapper? A handicapper is someone who bets, who researches a lot, who knows what they're talking about, studies market movement and and team analysis and and has a track record of performing and winning bets. So, uh, you know, content creators define content creator too is that just someone who is sports in the media betting. who covers sports betting yeah, and then inherently- and then Inherently, right? So in theory, they're judged on if they make a pick right. Yeah, they're kind of, it's kind of a no risk sports better. But if you make a pick on TV and everyone la- and you're a terrible week in, week out, you still get paid. But eventually maybe you, you don't. Like I, I think it's maybe like a long-term game is, is why I just bring it up because it's always so fascinating to me. Oh, well, there's definitely a distinction between the two. Look, there's a lot of people who are able to free roll in this industry because they're in a media position. And if they get a pick wrong, no one is going and blowing up their Twitter feed saying that they suck and <laughs> there's no repercussions to it. We're, yes, handicapper, whether we use that term or whether we t- use pro better, whatever the case may be. Yeah, those are the guys that there are consequences if you're losing long term and if you're not delivering for your followers because you're up on a podium, so to speak, and you're claiming that you know what you're talking about and that you can help people get on the right side of sports bets and if you're not producing winners consistently yeah you're going to get chewed up about it so uh i think this industry now with legalization happening across 
the country so quick. You have more and more people of these content creators and, you know, not to group all of them, but there's a lot more people in this industry now that do not have consequences for their wins and losses than there are people who actually do and have a big platform. What do you think? Man, you know, we're supposed to go unfiltered here. You want me to name names? It's going to piss people off, but there's, I'll say what the, the take is and you can, you know, you can, uh, you can let me know if you want me to tell you who I've heard this from. You're not a pro better. If you take money from other betters, you're only a pro better. If you take money from books. <laughs> well, I think I know who you're talking about. <laughs> I'm going to say it. I don't give a fuck. Um, oh man. It's, uh, I mean, you want to talk about. Fuck it. It's on Twitter. You're only a pro bet if you, if you take, finish that last part of that quote again. All right. So first look, this is on Twitter. All you got to do is type this into the, to a, a search bar and you'll find it. It's Rufus Peabody. You're only a sport. You're only a professional better if you take money from a, sports books and not other betters. Yeah, I, I don't agree with that either. And this is coming from me who I don't sell packages. I don't have a client service. Uh, I disagree with it completely. And you know where I stand with you on this. If you're an entrepreneur in the handicapping space, if you make your money off of sports betting income, you're an idiot if you're not capitalizing on a service fee to clients, if that's the business model that you're building. Now, there's other business models to build via advertising, via sportsbook affiliates, via betting guides, et cetera. But if you sell a pick because you're worthy of it and you have people that are willing to pay because they believe and you've proven credibility, uh, that doesn't take away any credibility from you as a professional sports better. In fact, you're parlaying your handicapping skills with entrepreneur skills because oh, this is what I can in the industry too. So many people, oh, if you're so good, why, why would you charge people for picks? Just bet your own picks and <laughs> my favorite. you can make all the money in the world. Okay, so if I can cater to 5,000 people who will buy picks of mine, think of 5,000 people spending $10. That's $50,000 right there, just on 10. That's a low ball amount. The amount that a volume of betters can help in terms of building out a business portfolio, as opposed to you laying out everything out of your pocket. Look, it's a supplement if you're selling picks and, and making money up that. So uh, I'm in a complete alignment with you. And I think that's a conversation on Twitter that just needs to be squashed. And it just sounds stupid from people who bring it up. Yeah, look, man, I think that, like I've always said, there's different levels to this shit, right? And number one, um, let's let's take what I guess at this point I'm kind of known for, right? Strikeout props. I have a network of about 50 to 60 locals, and throughout all of them, I cannot get down what I want to get down on them. So the, the key word there you said is offset, but like I'm very self-aware enough to know the fact like, I came into that conversation being like, no, I'm going to dig my heels in on the opposite stretch. You can create content and you can be a pro better and bet your own stuff. You certainly can. And I still do believe that. But as I've gotten kind of deeper into this world, I do finally see the other side of things um, because lines will move and, and especially in the prop market and all the niche stuff that I do bet just because that's my, I'm obsessed with kind of looking where everybody else isn't. So like I do get it, but it's the, the word is offset, man. But the, I guess the last question before we kind of move off this topic is, um, 
it's inherently risk-free because the, the number one thing that people are going to say to you is once that money is in your hands, you don't care if the pick wins or, lo- or loses. And yeah, you could show one ticket, you can do whatever, but really it doesn't matter if, you know what I mean? So what do you think about that side of it? Because that that's the other side I always get. You're vested in the pick winning because the more your picks win, the more your your clientele grows and and your revenue grows. So uh, I I don't see that side of the argument and everything is all tied in together. It's it's a completely uh, correlated scale. Yeah. No, look, look, man, I do it. I get it. Um, But as a whole, man, I I mean, again, like when I started the show, it kind of, you know, before all this, I know this is kind of a new beginning, but to tie a bow on it, like the other side, I know it was called inside Vegas, but you know, some different names that were floated around was like the social market, the Vegas, like the, the market aspect of how social media has changed the game. And I've harped on this and harped on this. And I want kind of your take before we split off into kind of some topics before we of course break down the weekly slate together. Um, when it comes to that, bro, like when I joined Twitter, uh, you, you, you mentioned some names of our friends and, um, you know, they didn't necessarily or don't necessarily use their real name. And when I got on Twitter, dude, I didn't know that people didn't use their real name. I thought it was like Facebook. I thought it was like a thing where celebrities were able to tweet <laughs> at fans by themselves. I didn't know people went there. I thought everybody was a handicapper and everyone posted their own stuff. I didn't know that people went there searching for an information outlet. That's truthfully the only reason, I guess, why I use my face and uh, my real name. Um, you're on the other side of that. And I know that we've been, you know, talking together and this is kind of a, I guess the personal outlet for you to, you know, on your show, man, to kind of talk about why you're trying to sh- uh, shred the, uh, or shed Jesus, the spread investor kind of, you know, name as who you are in James Alberino, man. So I think it's a good segue to kind of talk about that identity versus, you know, real name and hiding behind aliases and, and this and that, and that inside the, I guess, especially gambling Twitter, but you know, goes back to the covers forums days, goes back to everything. Yeah, well, look, when I started this and and I, I quote unquote spread investor in 2014, 2015, you know, I, I was working a corporate job. I'm sitting at my desk at, at Yelp looking at Vegas lines, you know, probably a half of my working day. And uh, at the time when I wasn't doing this full time, uh, yeah, part of it was, all right, uh, shit, I don't know. Gambling isn't legalized. Like I can't use my real name. I, what are my employer going to think of this if I start promoting James Alberino sports handicapper? So part of it was, all right, I'm going to create spread investor and that'll be uh, me going incognito and getting into the industry. But the other part of it too was, look, I, I'm, I'm growing spread investor into a brand it, it, and you know, this is young and you know, the challenges of this for me, if I started branding James Alberino back five years ago, people were like, who the fuck is James Alberino? <laughs> no one knew who I was. Yeah, I went through that. Yeah. So, so it, it, for me, just in terms of building the, the foundation of a brand, it was what's something that people could resonate with? I don't know where I came up with Spread Investor. I, 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 I think it kind of popped up uh, one night when I was really just jotting down all ideas for this. And whenever I did think about it, I loved the name immediately and I never went reverted back from it. So I went with spread investor and I knew it was something that people could resonate with. So now for me, look, now I'm doing this now I'm full time. I, I'm like, I'm full transparent with what I do. I'm all in on this. So yeah, for me, it's, it's about 
now me using my individual platform and representing Spread Investor, and Spread Investor is a group of handicappers and information and a source. Uh, but yeah, it's it's so interesting, man. You know, it, Twitter is just a, a wild world where you know you could create yourself as a character, and it's a platform where if you, if you know what you're talking about, you're going to get traction. This is going to come. Uh, this this may ruffle some feathers, and I promise I'm not doing that, or I'm not saying this to do that because again. Some of my best friends in the world, um, you know, I think that people think that specifically on Twitter that we don't necessarily know each other in real life. The first thing when I don't know somebody and I see them using an alias, I think that they're under the age of 21. And I think, who the fuck are you to say something when you're not even willing to show your face or use your real name? I'm going to be real with you. Um, and again, look, you touched on it, man. Some of my best friends in the world do not use their real name for various reasons. I mean, look, using your real name for me, man, dude, I sell pics. I'm a quote unquote tout, right? Like I've gotten death threats. I've gotten everything. It's not hard to look up my name on, on Google or whatever and whatever the case may be. So like I get that version of it, but that's the first thing that no matter what I see, if it's like the quote unquote trolls, although I will say this, do you know this feature on Twitter? This has changed my life and my outlook to such a, a positive place because social media could be so bad. You know, you can mute- Five replies. So you can mute notifications from people you don't follow. Yeah. Yeah. I just learned this like two, like a you month ago. I swear to God, dude, I was dealing with every single one of them. And then I got wow. angry. I saw red and I had to watch a fucking Gary V video that said respond to hate <laughs> with love. And that changed me a little bit, but yeah, dude, I, I didn't know that. I had no idea. Well, um, yeah. All right. So you cost yourself some headaches over these last couple of years. Good for <laughs> yeah, you. Dude. Oh man, crazy shit. But what do you think about that, man? Because I know you did it, right? And I know your situation, I think, I guess it's everyone has their own reason for it, but do you give people more credit for not doing it or the other way? I I think there are various reasons, man. You know, I think that I don't judge anyone for not using their name. I personally know I want to use my name. So I, I have, a you know, that side of it. Uh, but I see what you're saying where it's like, you know, dude, if you're going to, promote yourself and you're going to say that you're credible with this. Yes. Yeah, show your name. But look, there are family aspects to it. And, and yes, gambling is still uh, an industry where there when are you say family, though, you know, like, right? do you think that Kim Kardashian is not using her real name and doesn't have death, you know, like have family implications to her or name your celebrity, right? Anybody who's verified is traditionally oh, using no their question. own name. I, I just think, no, no question. I, I think, you know, Kim Kardashian's not telling you to bet the Packers. And if the Packers lose you money, like <laughs> people aren't going to be upset yeah. about at her. Um, but the other side of the coin, too, is like, uh, Kim Kardashian could also invest in some ridiculous high end security that uh, a Twitter handicapper with 45,000 followers is not going to be able to to employ over. I, look, it doesn't get that serious at all. But I just think when people are deciding, all right, am I going to use an alias or am I going to go with my real name? Do I want my real name fully out there? Uh, gambling wise, there are a lot of sick people in the gambling world, gamblers who, you know, you, there's some crazy shit. Let's just be like, people get in and up, right? Nothing that would ever go into a face-to-face -face confrontation, I don't think. I'm just saying I think that goes into part of some of the reasons why people may not want to put their real name out there from the beginning. Isn't half of why people do this, though, the ego aspect of it? Like, notoriety, fame, like, 
if you want to go get like, there's different ways to make money and truth be told a lot easier ways in sports betting, like by using your real name, having somebody recognize you walking in a sports book, like, isn't that why the upside of using it? And I guess the, of using your real name versus an Avi and uh, an alias on a social media platform. But dude, you scroll down the Twitter timeline. I get it. Handicap handicappers egos are all over the place. And that's even behind alias, you know, handicappers get ego rushes off of, you know, sending tweets, posting their winning tickets. And it, it doesn't have to be the real name. I think I think people could get handicappers could get their fix of egoism uh, from this industry just hiding behind a name and saying, hey, we won and, and showing all your tickets on, on, on the TL. Have you seen the new th- the new thing popping up where people are becoming their own paperhead agents and bending their own books to show their winning tickets? That's my favorite new one. I have not. Yeah, some uh, that's that's kind of the new th- so I mean, not to give people ideas out there, but it's not that hard to become a uh, your own agent out there. So basically you you become an Your agent own, yeah. and yeah, you bet it. Now you show your winning tickets. Now all of a sudden your your following uprises, right? Little little <laughs> hack out there, but So you can you manipulate the tickets and then just broadcast what you want. No, you bet both sides, right? Basically. So say you're a new handicapper coming up right on social media. <laughs> say you're fucking uh, yeah. atomic bomb picks one, one, one. God forgive me if that's a real a name out there that I just blew up for no reason. I made that up. I promise. But what, what you would do is become a paperhead agent, right? So you set up a sports book. You're, you're officially now a bookie. You bet both sides into your own book as a player. Cause you every, you know, say you call them and say, Hey, I signed up a new player. I need a login. You bet both sides. You screenshot the winning ticket. If you're starting out, you could show up to whatever. You can set your own limit. You could bet 20K a game. You're the one paying it out. Oh, Paperhead does nothing to do with it. Yeah, what a, it, it's, it's just charades on the background, basically. Yeah, it's, it's fake money. And uh, by the way, Atomic Bomb shouldn't be pissed if, if they do exist. That's free marketing. No one's getting put on. <laughs> Man, all right. We took- 72 followers to atomic bomb one 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 zero one we took the temperature gambling twitter man and i i, I sh- told somebody how to how to fucking jump start their following the, the wrong way what a, what a great start to this show <laughs> um man let, let's talk about some of these topics this this past week man as, as we're going to kind of start off this show and we're not taking the, the grand temperature of grambling twitter astros 2017 sign stealing scandal mike fears absolute snitch what are Ooh. you thinking of this 2017 does it change your astros to me dude man they are such a a curious case they are an anomaly i love everything about this team as you know but um man does it taint it do we care um a lot going into this type of scenario like what does MLB do? MLB is not the NCAA. You're not vacating a fucking World Series. This isn't. I don't even think the Black Sox vacated their cheating World's Earth. The one when they threw it, did they? I don't think so, right? I I think they did, but like, let's just talk about vacating first. What does that even do if you were to vacate? You know, college championships that get vacated. Okay, Reggie what do you Bush technically that vacated that Heisman, right? Yes. And technically what? So now when you search for it on Google and, and you look in, in documented files, it's going to say that that championship is vacated and, and it doesn't exist. The reality of it is we live through the moment. We will never not live through that moment. It, it happened. It's in history. And, it, you know, you can't change that. So the only real authentic way to look at it is, well, yeah, is that championship or is that moment 
tainted a bit? Is there and should there be an asterisk? And Fuck, yeah, who in this cares case, about an asterisk, dude? I, I hate this comment. What does that mean? When you look at Wikipedia, there's a, a star next to somebody or some team that says uh, supposedly cheated. Who cares? I don't get that argument. Why is that so bad? So you don't care. or So this doesn't change your view of anything that happened with the, the Astros and, and how they won in 2017. Well, let's equate it to this, right? You know, the uh, what was the draft? It was like World Series. Was it called World Series uh, or World Championships of Sports Betting or some shit like that, right? You know what I'm talking about? That tournament they did in Jersey this year for the uh, first time? Oh, I don't know the official name, but yes, I know. You, right um, in the wintertime, yes. All right, so let's say this. Let's say I went there. Let's say I won it, but I, I saw a bad line, like a glitch, and I won it, and I won the money. And then they said, this is you, you did it on a bad line. Uh, this was cheating, or I arbitraged something, or I middled something. Um, and they wanted to put, I could keep the money, but I got to put an asterisk next to my name. I'm still going to, if the, if you, that tournament keeps going on, it's still going to show my name, but it's going to say uh, middle bad line or, or one on bad line. I don't give a fuck. As long as the moment happens. Yeah, but the, Ast- the Astros middled a lot of bad lines and the Astros went completely out of their way. Welcome to sports to, betting though, to equate it. I, mean, I know we're talking about two different things, lines. but. Right. But, but it, it's a difference when, all right, if you spot something in the, in a handicapping tournament that's wrong and take advantage of it. That's one thing. And it's another thing to set up a video stream feed in your dugout in the runway and banging on things to indicate if it's a curveball or a breaking butt. Like, did you see like, that look, video? does this mean that the Astros aren't a fantastic team? No, look, it, and does this mean that they wouldn't have won the world series? No, they probably would have won the world series in 2017, regardless of it. But what it does mean is they went out of their way to gain an edge that's completely not fair because if they knew that it was fair and the right thing to be done, they wouldn't have to set up a video camera inside their dugout and keep it hidden, and it wouldn't be this whole big deal. They would just say, yeah, guys, listen, we know when a breaking ball is coming, and that banging that you hear all the time and you've heard for the last three, four weeks watching these playoffs, yeah, that's us telling our batter that a breaking ball is coming. Um. So here's my thing. I wish I knew about it sooner. I would have bet more money on the Astros. I would have bet more money on Jose Altuve MVP. From a sports betting perspective, <laughs> that's my biggest concern because look, bro, I've said this time and time again. The difference between sports betting and any other business in the world is insider trading is not only legal, it's encouraged. Like I, I, that's my, my concern, my gripe with it. Um, did the Patriots, I, someone's going to scream at me for not knowing this as a Boston guy. Does the year Spygate happened, did the Patriots win the Super Bowl that year? A year that like it before the sanctions. Yes. All right. So should their should their championship be vacated? Correct. What's that? Spygate was two thousand and seven. No, two thousand seven was the year that the uh, the Patriots went out to the Jim Super Bowl. So they didn't win it that year. You were breaking up. Say that again. They did not, but they ran the table that year and they lost to the Giants in the Super Bowl. Right. Okay. So if they won that, if they won the Super Bowl that year, would we say that they should vacate it or they should vacate their 16 and 0 season? Cause that's an accolade in football for some reason. It shouldn't be vacated, but we have, <laughs> yeah, it's an unusual it's the same case. Thing. We have Spygate's to, the same know, as changing sides or cha- uh, stealing signs. 
Spygate didn't happen in a ga- Spygate. Look, I, I don't think Spygate's as big of a deal as the Astros stealing signs. The Astros stealing signs is something live that happened right then and there. Spygate was the Patriots getting intel on the Jets before a game and prepping for. Okay, it, you know, th- they didn't have something going on right then and there on the field of impacting the game live right then and there, which is why I think the Astros is, is, is just in a, in a completely different conversation of its own. And we're going to move on from this, but have, did you see the video of, um, I think it was, it might've been Gaddis. Like it, it's pretty damn, like it, it is very obvious what is happening. Um, it was Farquhar for, I think the White Sox coming out, maybe the Yankees. And like, as soon as he heard it, he called the catcher out and was like, Hey, they're fucking stealing these signs. Like it was, the, it's the most damning, yes. obvious thing. Um, and that was played on yes. NS, that was played on uh late night on or sports center with SVP or whatever. But have you heard the, this is why I get so mad, man. Like take a stance and stand by it. Whatever you feel, um, that's fine. I'm not here to sway an opinion, but stand by it. Uh, because back in 2017, SVP took the side of Dustin Pedroia um, when he basically you know, admits that the Yankees were catching the Red Sox stealing signs on their Apple watches, which again, technology is the same thing, and then has the nerve to say, if you're going to do it in-game, uh, that's one thing, but if you use technology, you're, this is the definition of cheating. And he was like, I've never really seen him take that such a big stance. I'm going to play this for you. Um, for everybody rather, and just listen to this and tell me kind of what you think about this, because look, I get having this take if that was your original take, but backing up on this is absolutely insane to me. So let me play this. And again, that was SVP talking back in uh, two years ago, 2017, saying the exact opposite thing as he just said about the, about Houston. Uh, so I'm really not sure what changed. And again, probably one of my favorite media guys in the world, as I'm sure yours is. I just, I don't get the flip-flop. Um, but yeah, man, what do you think about fears? Why, why go out there and say this before we move on to our next topic of the week? Oof, I mean... Loyalty is one thing in, in, you know, the MLB. And then uh, who knows, man, when, when guys go on other teams and Lance McCullers you know, would absolutely business. kill this guy, by the way, like this, yeah, is, the, I, he, I, this I is about to be a Tyler Skaggs 2.0 situation where somebody slips him a little, a little heavy something, man. <laughs> it, oh, it's not going to be good. I mean, uh, you know, I, I can't believe that it still came out and uh, you know, the fact that it did come out right now, I'm surprised that it didn't come out during the playoffs if he's going to say it. Uh, but yeah, look, MLB is a business, man. You, you know, you're, you're tight and on a team one year and then, you know, you're on another squad and, and things are different. You know, I don't know what goes into the, the dynamics of, or went into the dynamics of this. Uh, I, I don't, follow MLB as closely as you do or know these players as you do. I would handicap the MLB, but look, it's a business, man. These guys are on different teams. They don't give a shit about their, their old team as much as, you know, guys move on their new contract, new situation. Maybe they got burned by their own or old organization, or maybe they thought they were getting a new contract. I don't particularly know. Uh, but Houston is the yeah, wrong you know, group you're, of guys you're not, you're in a clubhouse to fuck with. That's number one, what I will say. Oh, I, I believe it, man. Oh, I believe it. Like, uh, it's a, again, I'm not saying anything's going to this, that, or the other thing. I'm just saying that if there was one clubhouse, I would not fuck with because I know how, or, um, <laughs> how close they are. Uh, it would be Houston. I'll kind of leave it at that, but that is 
fears is, uh, look, man, you did what you thought was right. Good for you. Uh, not the clubhouse. I would do that too. We're going to move on, man. Let's talk some football. Kaepernick workout, of course, happening. NFL sets this up. Um, is this in response to the fact that fucking Matt Moore has a job and Kaepernick doesn't? Is it in response to Ryan Lindley starting and Kaepernick isn't? Uh, is this in response? I mean, I can go down the line of quarterbacks that shouldn't be playing in the NFL that are right now. Why do it if you're the NFL? This is a dog and pony show from the NFL to me. Kaepernick didn't even know about this workout until the NFL scheduled it three days prior to it. You know, NFL workouts, typically the representatives of the player are the ones that get a hold of these teams and, and get in contact with them and say, okay, all right, we're going to schedule a workout with you and you know, let's get there. Kaepernick doesn't know the details of this workout. He doesn't know who he's throwing to. Like, this is just. Why hasn't he fired it seems his agent? Like, I, I get you know, that. Like, he can, everybody can bitch and, and complain about the NFL. But if Kaepernick, like, if I'm calling Kaepernick, you must have the worst agent in the world. Honestly. To not have this form, this line of communication first and and be direct with him there and, and have this much ambiguity going into a workout. Like who knows what Kaepernick's going to be thrown into and how he's going to come out looking after this. I like, I, I just, I agree with you completely. If, if my representation who I'm paying significant money to is not the one informing me of these things and protecting me and, and making sure that I'm going to be put in the best possible light of something where we know he's been involved in so much controversy over the last three years. Yeah. It, it it's, it's malpractice as an agent, but again, back to the NFL side, like it just seems like they're trying to say, we're giving Colin Kaepernick a shot with, with this workout and he's going to have a legitimate chance and fair chance. What legitimate and fair chance he was notified of this. Basically the same as the general public. Like he knows, he knows a, a few more details more than we know about this workout at this stage. So I think it's ridiculous. And, and look, it's week 11 of the NFL. Like, like it's late right why now. Didn't, to sign why a quarterback. Like, I, I, I think Dick. it's ridiculous. I mean, Vic was, that, that was a complete second chance different second case chances. of its own. Not really. Yeah. I, I, you I want to hold showcases a more for guys that are damned. Um, I can go down the line, Justin Blackman, um, smoking weed. Really? Okay. We're going to lifetime ban you. Um, you can go down the line, man, of guys that really probably don't deserve to be banned from the NFL. Um, I just don't get why we're choosing. Like, first of all, do we know what shape Colin Kaepernick is in? Is this guy meditating? Is no, he, I, is he trying, is he being, is he off in third world countries? Is he do? is he, you know, like, is he even, like, what if he was like, actually, like, I'm kind of good guys. Like, like, I just don't understand this concept as a whole. He could be trending towards being a political activist for a while. We, we have no idea. He said in a quote that he's ready and he's in shape. He's been waiting for this for three years, but who knows, man, his last year in the NFL, he did care more about the political side of things. And now who knows? He, I, I don't know what his level of motivation is with this. And I, I'm, I'm waiting to see what comes out of this because to me, this just seems like a complete circus and there's a, a lot of interesting stuff to come from this. So you don't have to come out on the field for the anthem anymore, right? So that's number one. I think it, 
does you would know this more truthfully i haven't looked at it does eric reed still come out to the field by choice and still kneel by choice or does he just forego it i i don't know i i think that's like his his right hand guy right right i think yeah i think he just skips it all together so if you're kaepernick or if you're the the team that wants to sign him you know, like that's like that's his trademark, right? So, is what? All right. So, I guess I'll ask you this again: What do does Kaepernick come out by choice and kneel by choice, or skip it? That's a good bet, right there. What do you hang those odds at? Say he gets a job. If he just, I mean, is he just going to skip it, or is he going to go out on the field? So, you're saying and I'll kneel. put the odds maker hat on, Colin Kaepernick. So. Um, well, you know what? This is a good segue, man, but we'll, we'll do that after for the odds for Colin Kaepernick's next team. But right. So say he gets signed and, uh, as the odds would implicate, it would probably be to start football games because a quarterback, a team is so desperately in need of a quarterback, right? So he's your starter. Let's say after two weeks, name the starter Sunday, 10 AM Vegas, 1 PM East coast. Does Colin Kaepernick come out for the national anthem? Yes. No. What are your odds? And does he kneel? If I mean inherently, there's no way he stands, right? So um, I guess it's does Colin Kaepernick come out and kneel, or does he stay in the locker room? What do you hang the odds at? I would say to come out and kneel would probably be plus money. I would say it's easier for him now to just. But isn't it just easier for him and the team and the organization to be like, that's his whole thing is he died on the sword of what he believes in. He he gave up his career for what he believes in like that's, there's no way he's, he'll be looked at, he would destroy everything he built. If he built, if he, if he skipped it, he's, that would be to the man. Right. But, 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 but he, he also drew the line in the sand and said, this is bigger than the NFL for me. And it also cost him a lot of jobs in the NFL. Let's say hypothetically he does get a job again in the NFL. Wouldn't it be easier for the GM and the owner to just say, hey, listen, like, yeah, you've proved your point. Like, like this is, you can stay by the locker room and show that you're not going to salute the flag and you're not going to be out there for the national anthem. This makes it easier to still promote your cause, but also not create this massive and added distraction that you're already going to cause what's in the middle somewhere. I think that's a possibility out of this situation. And I would say, you know, yes, a little bit plus money. Oh man, I would hit you all day on that plus money, man. But let's talk about this. Let's, (laughs) let's talk about a gambling aspect here as we are supposed to do on this show. Colin Kaepernick's next team, Cincinnati Bengals, seven to two Pittsburgh Steelers, four to one Ravens, six to one. Don't get that Raiders, seven to one. Carolina eight to one, Houston ten to one, Chicago twelve to one, Tampa twelve to one, Arizona fifteen to one, San Francisco sixteen to one, Colts twenty to one, Rams twenty to one, Cleveland twenty five to one, Philadelphia thirty three to one. Since he's the obvious one, they're the favorite, right? I mean, they're desperate. They just moved on from Andy Dalton. Yeah. Um, is Colin Kaepernick going to come out of this to go, still... to go to a zero nine team, whatever it is? Oh, no. Oh, no. He's not going to a, a market like Cincinnati either. I, I'm shocked they're the favorite, to be honest. But, uh, I mean, it makes most sense in, just in terms of personnel and, and need, for sure. 
Who would you? All right, the you Pittsburgh have to place one that. is interesting too. I take a shot with the Oakland Raiders. I could see Gruden doing that. QB, yeah, yeah, I like that, man. I really do. I would agree with you. Carolina well, makes some sense, I guess, too. Vegas, behind, you know, you, you, with the move to Vegas, I think, you know, it, it, it'd be a good story having Colin on this team. And, you know, behind Derek Carr is definitely a, a need for depth. And, yeah, I could see Gruden, yeah, like, taking the, you know, the, the uncle stance and, and trying to, you know, help his image and, and resurrect his career. Next topic, my man, Adam Vinatieri. This was one that you said you wanted to talk about. I'm going to give you the floor because I, I think this is so funny. Dude. This one is fascinating to me. When do you hang it up? Right? Like just because of his age, you know, we're going to give Roberto Aguayo three years to figure it out. We're going to give, uh, you name it. Um, but because of it, you know, Vinatieri proves it for what God, man, two plus decades has a little bit of a, what nine game bad, not even nine. Yeah. Eight game bad stretch. And, uh, now we're ready to put the, put the old dog out to pasture. Fascinating conversation of when do you give it up? So I'm going to give this one over to you. Does he, should he retire? Can you cut a guy like Vinatieri? Would this be like cutting a guy like Brady? If he was absolutely awful, kind of what, you know, how do you equate this one? Oh, you can't equate it to Brady. Look, you know, Adam Vinatieri is arguably the greatest kicker of all time. Yes, but this wouldn't be like cutting Brady. It's not because the kicker position is not correct. Um, And the kicker position is nowhere near on on the level of an elite level quarterback. Um, I, I, I I don't think cutting him is, is the, the pro, you know, the easy move, but he's missing a lot of extra points. Like he's, he cost them that game versus the chargers in week one. Like there were, there have been extra points this year where like Adam Vinatieri should, or Adam Vinatieri in his prime would make these all the time. And now like, I think it's time for him to hang it up. I do. I'm, I'm watching these games. I'm watching kicks in critical moments. And yeah, if his name wasn't Adam Vinatieri, we'd be saying this guy is costing the team <laughs> Cody points Parkey. all the time, and it changes your strategy. Yeah, it, it cha- but it changes your strategy in these games too. Look, the Colts haven't been winning by wide margins most of the season. They're winning these games by three, four, five, six. So you're gonna need kickers to convert, and if you're inching close to field goal range, and you're at somewhere in that, you know. 37 to 32 yard line of the opponent. You got to think twice about, can I put Vinatieri out here now? Cause he's booting kicks all over the place. So I, I, yeah, the NFL is a business and yes, like you said, Peyton Manning got cut. Would it be easy? No, but you got to move on. There's not enough room to just leave guys on rosters who are not performing. And I think Vinatieri's days are dwindling. Phantom IR, fake an injury, let him go out with some dignity in class. I think it's a very easy move on my end. I really don't know much there you to go. say about that one, right? <laughs> put him, put the old dog out to pasture. Next one up, bro. This one's going to be two-sided because coming into this, this was so supposed to be Miami Tankapalooza and still is, but guess what? They have a win. Um, and guess who doesn't? That's the Cincinnati Bengals and both teams need quarterbacks. Westgate Las Vegas hung this prop, man. What do you think the odds are for the Bengals to go 0-16 in the 2019 regular season? And we're going to equate this to... 
what has now become a fascinating conversation, Joe Burrow versus Tua Tagalova for the number one overall pick, and I'll give those odds as well. But what do you think it is for Cincy to go 0-16 versus not? Don't be over there, Google, and I hear you. Taking a look at this Bengals schedule, and they still have the Dolphins. Uh, but, man, they are just so bad. I think for them to go 0-16, was it plus one? Plus one forty, plus one fifty. For them to go zero and sixteen, you think is plus one forty? What do they have it at? <laughs> yes, is plus eight hundred, bro. No, minus fourteen hundred. So you're all over that. Yes, at eight to one, then I would assume, right? I mean, if you if you really made really, that plus well, one forty. They have the jet. Well, they they have the Jets and the Dolphins still on their schedule, so they still have two winnable games. But, I mean, dude, they're they're terrible. They are, like they are. So, I, they're gonna lose to the Dolphins. The Dolphins are actually playing hard. I think it's realistic for them to go zero and sixteen. They're that bad on both sides of the ball. I mean, maybe they get some help when AJ Green comes back, but still Ryan Lindley yeah, throwing it, the it's football. It's possible for. I'll I'll take the plus eight hundred for sure. I mean, my, my bookmaking skills on that line is impossible. Hypothetical at me here in, in the middle of all other scenarios. But yeah, I think 800's got value because this team sucks. <laughs> all right, man. Burrow versus Tua. Let's talk about it because back in the uh, preseason, again, these odds were hung. Tua, the overwhelming favorite. I believe it was minus 400, minus 200. I know that's a big uh, leap here. Is it a real conversation now? Burrow, is Burrow a one-year wonder? Um, do you put stock in the Heisman versus not? Um, I've always said Andrew Luck, you know, never sniffed a Heisman. I know he was invited, but stop it. Um, and, you know, had things broke differently. You know, there's a lot more Heisman busts in the NFL than there are uh, late-round quarterbacks uh, that are top five in the league, right? So, uh, you know, do you care? Um, what is kind of your take on this? I, I can't really find odds, especially on my book, UDG right now for this yet. Um, but is it, is this conversation changed? I think Burrow's the real deal and you know, Heisman or not. Yeah. That's not an indicator of what your NFL future is going to look like, but that game versus Bama Saturday was impressive. Look, not only his, his accuracy, the way he moves in the pocket and there was a, a a read that he had late in the game where he scram it was a design read, scrambled up the middle and he got a big first down. And he just he sold it so well. He, he he's a very heady player. He plays with the proper amount of emotion where he, he's fired up and he and he gets the, the team rallied around him. But you know, his emotions don't control him in this game. And he's got a big arm, big body. I just I think he's his stock has elevated so much. And like when, when you play in the SEC and you're on these national stages, big time, like when you hear people talking about the NFL combine and NFL quarterbacks, and you, you listen to all the different attributes that they have, their skill set, their, their arm strength, et cetera. It's like, okay, but th did they also perform in big national spotlight games in front of millions of people? Cause that's what, you, you're doing when you play in LSU, Alabama, like who did Aaron Rodgers you're play playing on that game? big stage. And it, look, it, it doesn't, 
it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to play on that bright stage to become successful. But when you prove it clear out there for everybody, I, I just, mean, Young, I just think that that makes, I disagree so bad. So, but I'm not saying that you need to have that in order to be a successful NFL quarterback. I'm just saying that if you've already done it, if you've already proven on a national spotlight and you also have the attributes, cause I didn't, I wasn't a, I wasn't a Matt Leinard or Vince Young guy in the NFL. I thought Vince Young was extremely limited with his arm. He was a mobile quarterback who took advantage of having a bigger body than college athletes than the NFL athletes have. And same thing too. He was, I didn't think he had the, the prototypical NFL, but I think Joe Burrow does have that. I think, I, I think he's a better player than Leonard and Vince Young were in the NFL, but that meant necessarily be true in college because of what Leonard and Vince Young were able to do against college. I mean, who is what? Um, did McElroy win a national championship or go to one? I guess the bigger crop topic of conversation is, do you care who wins out this year and would that sway you? Or do you just take you at this point, you kind of know who each quarterback individually, not no. team-wise, are or no. is? I, no, I think they've each proven over their careers, Burrow this year, Tua over several years, who they are. And, I, you know, anything that happens over the next couple of weeks is, isn't changing my opinion opinion they've put enough on tape and and enough of their game out there i don't get i don't get can you explain the tua hype why why is Tua tagaloa jesus if i could say the name Tua tagaloa worthy of even conversation what has he shown other than having the best tagaloa. weapons in the ncaa i don't get it i wouldn't take him in a first round this is um cordell cordell jones this is first round bust written all over it to me talk me off that <sighs> I'm not sold that he's a bust, but I'm also with you. I'm not sold that he's, he's going third, to be as good as everyone. Highest is what I would take him at. And I don't even know if I would do it there. I would take from, I would take fields. I would take Herbert. I would take, I would take seven quarterbacks over him. Am I nuts? No, I, I, I would take Herbert over him uh, for sure. I, I think Herbert, is just more dynamic with what he could do down the field. Uh, I, I think in the caught up in the hype of the scores that Alabama put up and some of the highlights that two is able to put up against inferior teams to some regard. Uh, I think that helps his case. You know, look, he's small. He's an incredible athlete. Let's not, let's not, uh, uh, over completely destroy him. I am. I, I don't think he, I don't think he will be able to be a starter in the National Football League. You want one more? I would take my boy, Charlie, Charlie Heisman, 2021, Charlie Brewer over him from Baylor. I'm dead serious. I don't think two is a, a good quarterback. I don't. I think anybody could play quarterback no, I, for the University look, of Alabama. Look, how, how many lefties really have that much success in the NFL? Like, it, it's just... Yeah, how many how many successful NFL quarterbacks who are lefties can you name? Like it's it's for whatever reason it's you know difficult and and it's a different game when he's going to be going up against bigger athletes and you know he can't use his speed as much. So I, I would say I'm somewhere in between him uh, not being as good as uh, you know the first overall pick and 
you know, your, your side of the spectrum where he's completely overrated. All right. So let's say Cincinnati Bengals or Miami Dolphins are the first overall pick next year. Who are they taking to or a borough or someone else? Burrow. Man. Talk about I, somebody. I, I would, if I'm in the Cincinnati Bengals front office, I think you take Burrow. All right, man. Last talk before we break down this upcoming slate of college football and the NFL, we have to talk about the latest and greatest from the fucking NCAA uh, doing their best to just look as as bad yep. as possible, man. Chase Young, you know, the suspension coming out that he flew uh, his girlfriend out to the 2018 Rose Bowl. Um, I mean, look, dude, how many times are we going to have this conversation? But we have to talk about it because, look, I, I say the same thing. Who gives a fuck? Everyone is doing it. I don't get why this is a problem. I don't get why you have to grandstand when you're the NCAA profiting off. Like, come on, like. I get it. You have to draw the line. And if you let one thing go, like yada, 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 I will say TMZ sports who reported this story had him. They say young, who is the projected number one overall pick in the 2020 NFL draft. So I don't know what we think about that, but we can talk about both those things. Flo is yours, bro. I think this is so stupid that you're going to affect college basketball, college football, powerhouse teams because of flaws within your own rules. Like the fact that, Chase Young is is going to get suspended for games because oh okay you know he can't afford these things he can't afford to pay for his girlfriend so he he, he takes an off like how much like I I've been invited to games from people who want to do business with me or who just like me and like this like this type of stuff like it's it's ridiculous that you know this stuff is going to get held against 18, 19, 20 year old kids. And the Wiseman thing, like wise. Okay. So Wiseman's family, if you don't know the story, Wiseman's one of the best NBA prospects plays for Memphis, Penny Hardaway, Penny Hardaway also coached him in high school prior to this. It was part of the recruiting package and Wiseman. Now his family got financial help to move to Memphis so he could play for Penny Hardaway, which would help him career and because of that the ncaa wants to rule him ineligible for the year and it's absurd it's it's insane these families the these kids they don't have a lot of them do not have the financial resources to support the moves that these kids need to make to help their career or just little you know when the, when the NCAA doesn't want kids getting payment for anything while they're already in school, then it's like, they don't, ha these kids don't have job. They don't have time to work a campus job where they get 12 to 15 bucks an hour. Like they don't have money. What else are they going to do except for take a couple of handouts because they're either busy practicing or like they're busy during the season. And when they're not busy being busy, they want to be a college on campus having some fun, like there's not enough time to do it all and have it. Like, I just think this is so bizarre and for it to affect the national spotlight with these teams, it's just insane. And what are you proving as the NCAA? It's, it's ridiculous. Can I ask you one big picture conversation about this that always floored yes. me? Yes. The detractor, the like whatever side that you fall on, if you're for the NCAA side of things, the you get the you get a great free education you get all this if you're that good of an athlete you're leaving after your junior year and you're not even getting one a full education you're naive if you think it's a good education as a d1 college athlete in today's day and age at a school like that 
with those athletes, but your graduation rate, if you're a D1 athlete, let's say five-star, it's probably about 10% because you're leaving after your junior year. Yeah. So you get yeah. the university gets so, to make money off you for three years. You're not going to get a degree because after three years, you can go make millions instead of waiting and possibly derail your career a la LaShawn Lattimore. God bless him. Took the insurance policy out. Smartest guy I've ever met in the NCAA. I'll tell you that by far. But it makes absolutely no sense to me, man. Lattimore was a, yeah, it was a fluke situation. Um, but how many times have we seen this? Why do you think one and done exists? Why, like, I, like, it's just crazy to me because if you're going to say you get the education aspect of it, well, then don't let people leave after their junior year. Mike Vick left after he was a sophomore getting a free education at Virginia Tech. Like, come on. It, it's just, it's so inherently flawed, dude. Right. They're not there for the education. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. It's, yeah, the, there's... There, it's not like a, it's not a congruent argument. Like there's no, they're not there for the education. Like it's just, it, they're there for athletes translate the business for the university and they have to be treated in all aspects of that such. Well, man, we're talking about handouts and guess who does handouts? Nobody better than mybookie.ag. During Thanksgiving week, mybookie.ag is offering you a risk-free bet on the Bears-Lions game. Choose a team against the spread for up to 250 bucks. If you win, congratulations, you're a winner. You get an extra little bit of holiday spending money. If you lose, mybookie.ag will refund your bet. That is what we call a free roll, my friend. No brainer. You literally cannot lose. All ri It's no risk and all gravy. Mybookie.ag, promo code SGP will get you up to three grand in free play as always. And we're brought to you by Ace Per Head. You want to go become a, a new Twitter superstar out there? Go to Ace Per Head if you want to start your own sports book. They'll provide you with an all-inclusive professional wrestling site, betting site with all lines updated up to the second and wages graded immediately. Top-notch customer service, 24-7, and the best lines in the industry. Go to aceperhead.com slash SGP. Let's break down the slate, man. Let's start on college football Saturday, of course, unless you have anything for this Sunday night game that I want absolutely no part of, but we can talk. I mean, look, who's the biggest winner, um, you know, in terms of the title picture when it comes to college football based off the LSU and Alabama win? Has to be Georgia in my mind, right? Oh, big time. This helps with Alabama losing for sure. It leaves the door open for Georgia, but I mean, I, you know, Georgia, I, I think has flaws and you know, a lot of those were magnified versus South Carolina. And uh, that, that's a conversation, you know, for another time. But yeah, I, I think this helps them for sure. But Alabama should and will find their way back. And, uh, you know, as Tua gets more healthy, you, you, Alabama, you know, find their way into this thing at the end. And, and Alabama will be in the playoff. Uh, they, they always perform. And, and that's what it should be come January. Man, I don't know. I think I think Georgia matches up better with LSU than they do Alabama, obviously. And I think this could realistically be the best case scenario for Georgia. And if Georgia beats LSU, LSU's now out. And guess what it is? It is like it is every year. Uh, Alabama and Georgia in, inside there with Clemson, of course. And there'll be somebody else in there and that type of thing. But um, I want to go over these odds for the college football playoff as I pull them up. Um, right now, because I think they change like a dramatic amount to the point where there may be even a little bit of value inherently on Alabama. I'm going to pull this up right now. Pre-game. All right. 
By the way, Joe Burrow minus a thousand for the the Heisman right now. So, wow, that uh, prop swap ticket is worth a lot. All right, man. Alabama that was sold at plus. Oh yeah, yeah. I saw that you tweeted that out. Talk about that. Plus one sixty four. Yeah, prop swap. If you don't know about them, you can buy and sell future betting tickets on their site. It's like a stub hub for sports betting tickets. And this guy bet $300 on Joe Burrow back in August to win the Heisman at 75 to one. It would have paid 22 K as the final net. And he sold the ticket for, I believe 90, somewhere in the vicinity of $9,500, whatever it came out to, he sold it. He guaranteed himself a profit of 9,500 bucks. The buyer of the ticket now has the rights to that ticket and will collect the remainder of the profits, the difference between the 22K and the 9K. So all in total, the the buyer got it for plus 164 odds right before the LSU-Bama game. And now it's, like you just said, minus 1,000. So uh, good deal on both sides. Seller made money and the buyer's got a great ticket right now. Screw that, man. Alabama, six to one. Clemson, plus 350. Ohio State and LSU, two to one each. Where is Georgia? Georgia, 14 to one. Give me some of that all day. What do you think? Wow. Wow. I did not expect to hear Georgia 14 to one. I I mean, shouldn't they be more in the... I feel like it should be more around the 10 to one range. I would say like seven. Dude, they're, they're number four right now. And if they beat Auburn, That's, they ain't going nowhere. I mean, look, the, the college football rankings right now are still not truly reflective, in my opinion, of, of where things will end up. And, you know, there's obviously gonna, there's going to be a discrepancy between that and the Vegas odds. But, yeah, 14 is just bizarre. Um, I, I like a little bit of value there with with Bama and and yeah Georgia that that's way too high all right man we're gonna break down this NFL slate like we always do anything else you want to touch on whether it be social media in in the gambling world whether it be college football as a whole anything that we didn't touch on before we break down this NFL slate uh no other than I think uh you're gonna have some new handicappers now sign up for that paper head that you just mentioned and, and bet both sides with, with two different tickets and, and they'll build their Twitter platform however way they want. I told you, man, I'm giving out fucking gems on this show. This is, this is not, this is not your uh, grandpappy's inside <laughs> Vegas. No more kid. This, um, is, this is also step one to how, how to build your handicapping career. The, uh, you know, however way you decide. It'll only work for so long, though. Once you get a following, people can call you out on it, though. So it's just, it'll just get you there. But maintaining it is oh, up no to you, question. right? It'll just get you there. <laughs> um, Absolutely. Give me an NFL game you like this weekend, man. Let's start with Texans Ravens. I'm excited to see that one. I think there's going to be a lot of fireworks. You know, Watson, Houston coming off the bye. No introduction needs to be made for Lamar Jackson and what the Ravens are doing at this stage. But I like the Houston Texans here. I don't know where you are on this game. I do like the points. And I do think we're going to see going forward good teams that play the Ravens. Is you're going to see some element of keep away football. Because teams know that if Lamar Jackson has the ball in his hands for 35 minutes a game, it's going to be very hard to beat the Baltimore 
dividends. But the other side of it, I still, I'm in the minority on this and maybe I'm stubborn with this, but I still cannot find the elite pass rushers of the Baltimore Ravens. Their secondary is good. Where do they have multiple elite pass rushers this year like they've had in years Dude, they yeah. flipped their whole script. Their and why I say that fucking sucks. And they're running Madden 04 running gun with Michael Vick. Lamar Jackson might just be better at it. They have no defense to speak of. I love watching this team, truthfully, but and, they don't and, and that's it. where and that's the narrative that nobody's talking about. Like nobody what you just said and how you just like firmly like said that the Ravens defense is terrible. Nobody's talking said that in the media who's saying that right now in, in a lot of the handicap, it's, it's just not being talked about enough. And look, go back to that new England Ravens game where the Patriots played with terrible effort the first quarter and then 17, 14 Brady throws a pass to Edelman gets down to the 30 yard line of the Ravens. And Edelman more or less loses the fumble more so than it was a fumble. induced. it was a very soft fumble. The Patriots then, if they score, they either tie the game or go up by four. Instead, what happens, the Ravens recover for a touchdown and go up by 11. And I just, from that, Brady seemed to find the holes in the Ravens' defense right after that first quarter. And it just seemed to me if that play didn't happen, the Patriots were going to win that game. And I just think you'll you'll see Deshaun Watson be able to move the ball on them. And yeah, Houston, despite their offensive line issues, Watson consistently defies offensive line value. And yeah, Houston with extra time to prepare. I like, I think the points are very valuable here. I was looking to see how many rush yards he is. Uh, rush yards Lamar Jackson has. That's probably one of my biggest futures uh, in terms of a, a minus 110 stake here. But I, of this past year, I tweeted this out, dude. And I know this is a short sample size. I really do. Believe me, nobody would preach that on the other side more than this. But through 16 <clears throat> games, Lamar Jackson has more wins than Patrick Mahomes, more rushing yards than Ladanian Tomlinson, a better passer rating than Tom Brady, and a higher yards per attempt than Aaron Rodgers, and oh, a higher completion percentage than Drew Brees. Is that not insane? These, but like, this is this is what I can't stand with stats, though, man. Like, he's played two cup kicks so far, and this is not to discredit Lamar Jackson. Sixteen games, but I week said, one this year 16. was. A, he played the Dolphins and was able to put up fifty nine points in week one. No, his Heads first sixteen games, he's only played seven. Uh, I'm sorry, nine this year, bro. This is dating back to last year. Okay, so you're saying all right, but still, so including last year's games, and then, but I'm saying still grouped in that combined 16 games are some of the cup. Like he just played the Bengals and padded his stats. He padded his stats in week one. Like I'm not like I think he's an incredible. That's so empty talent. though. Did you Very go back and look and see defend. who Ladanian Tomlinson played his first 16 or Brady or Mahomes? Like that's that's you you can't say that without oh. putting, without without going through each of those. You know. Again, no, but it's I would, a short sample. I, venture, I get it. I would venture. I would venture and say that they did not have a 59 point win in one of their games. And you know, they didn't have another one where they put up 49 versus the Bengals. Like, like the dolphins and Bengals this year are historically bad. Yeah. So I, I, that's all I'm yeah. saying. Man. I think he's great. He's a great, he's incredibly difficult to, to defend. 
I, I just think when you start throwing out things like, oh, he's got, you know, more this than Patrick Mahomes and more that, like Patrick Mahomes is a better quarterback. Let's just for Patrick Mahomes was, was a play away from being in the Super Bowl last year. Like Patrick, like what Patrick Mahomes did last year. Yes. I know that Lamar Jackson's doing a bunch this year, but step back. I, I think people when all is said and done, like Patrick Mahomes' season last year and the highlights he put on was still more and better than what Lamar Jackson's doing. Who's worth more to a point spread, Patrick Mahomes or um, Lamar Jackson for each team? Lamar Jackson because Matt Moore can come in and, and play with Andy Reid's system. I don't know if anyone could step in in Baltimore. Just I mean, it's a come it's anywhere a near replicating somewhat. And RG three, RG three cannot do anywhere near what what Lamar can do. So I, I would say, for that reason, Lamar has more value on the point spread. Do you think that RG three just has a picture of Shanahan and he throws darts at it every single time that he just wakes up and goes to bed? Because I would he ruined his career on one play. He did, yeah. Um, I, I also think there were RG three's ego and things that held him back otherwise, but yeah, uh, isn't he a rookie? Uh, I mean, what's unfortunate how, how his career changed. You say, is he a rookie? I said, wasn't RG three a rookie that year? It was that his second year. I think it was his rookie year, right? <laughs> I, I, I believe it was his, the end of his rookie year. Yeah. I mean, how's he, what's he going to do? Scam 2012 coach. I don't know. That always bothered me, man. Um, give me another game that you like this week, because truthfully, my NFL shit has not been that great, man. And I'm a, I'm going to be straight with absolutely everybody. You want one trend that I blind bet every single week, and it is 10 and other last 10. I couldn't tell you why. You ready for this one? Let's hear it. Dallas first quarter under on the road, 10 and 0, their last 10, and it's undefeated in the 2019 season thus far at, I think, 4 and 0. Unbelievable. Unbelievable! They're random. You know the road the road unders for the Cowboys. Road road unders for the Cowboys have been a cash cow for like six years running. I had no idea about that first quarter trend. I I guess it makes sense. I feel like look, you're probably getting an inflated total because the Cowboys are playing, and then you get them on the road where they're not as high powered. You know, theoretically, as they are on uh, at home, so that makes sense. You get a you get an inflated first quarter line. What's the first quarter line? Tip? I don't know. If you get anything above seven and a half seven, to nine, you can get above seven. Yeah, and run heavy team, and you know, good defense. Yeah, I, I think it makes a lot of sense. And um, yeah, that's sharp. <laughs> Give me another game that you like, man. Before we uh, start to wrap up our episode one, that is hopefully gone off the rails enough where people come back for episode two at this point. Steelers Browns. I, I don't know why the Steelers are getting points tomorrow. Uh, I think, uh, you know, what, uh, what else has to be said about the Browns? You know, obviously their season's going in, in a number of different directions. I think the Steelers could control the line of scrimmage. Steelers Cleveland's off the line and, you know, Baker will be put in some tough situations. Uh, it's going to be a low scoring type game. Pittsburgh struggles a bit in the red zone. And that's why I think the points are, are, are valuable. Uh, I, I, I don't think either team will be able to really run away with this score. And uh, definitely the underdog got a lot of value. Then uh, Patriots Eagles. That's one of, if not the most exciting game to watch this weekend, Super Bowl rematch. 
Why are you two going years so ago? Can I tell you something right under your Pittsburgh thing for a second. Oh, let's go. I was going rapid fire here, but let's uh, let's hit that rewind button. Steelers first half under on the road this year. Three and zero scores. Uh, twenty to nothing. New England six three. San Francisco twenty one nothing. Chargers Browns first half under at home three and one six uh twelve to six versus Tennessee six to three versus the Rams twenty two eighteen was obviously the loss versus Seattle and nine and seven versus Buffalo that smells like a first half under recipe to me I like it and what's that first half under twenty and a half or twenty one uh let me look right now uh tell me this while I look this up man is uh do you care do you put any stock into trend betting you know I live and die for it and live by it uh what's your thoughts on it uh well you know if you see my twitter timeline for more than you know 30 seconds yeah I I do uh, believe in some trends <laughs> I post a lot of trends but yeah I, I you know I'll be the first to say they're obviously not the end all be all I curate and any trend that I think is relevant. So like trends that you're using right now, there's meaning behind those there, you know, slow starts in the first half, defensive minded teams, inflated numbers. Yes. Um, I think trends, any trend, let's put it this way for, for average betters. If you can't rationalize why a trend has reached the numbers that it has, like if you see a trend that's like, Oh, so-and-so team is 11 and two ATS after blah, 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 blah. If you can't explain why that is a thing, it's probably not a good trend. But if you could say, okay, oh, the Patriots off a loss, get the Patriots off a loss, 24 and four, okay, Patriots off a buy, 24 and four straight up since 03. That includes playoff buys. Okay, that's a relevant trend. Bill Belichick with extra time to prepare, the guy's a machine and they play well. So yeah, it's all about finding trends with meaning. Patterns, man. All it is is pattern recognition, that first half under under 20, no, by the way. So that would be that one. Um, now you can go on to your next one that you were rushing out of here on. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, Brady came out and said, you know, he's not over the Super I mean, rightfully so. The guy's a, a maniac in the best of all time. But yeah, they're coming into an Eagles struggled in the secondary. Yeah, the Eagles are getting healthier in the secondary, but they haven't been good in the secondary. Yeah, Brady is is uh, foaming at the mouth to be able to face this defense and move the ball all around. I think uh, New England's going to come into this game and and put together a really good performance. Their, their trends off a loss. Are ridiculous. Uh, I think since three, the sharps bet against the Patriots. That's why. (laughs) That's true. Because there's value, quote unquote. Because there's value in a number going up, a point and a half or two. What's your trend since 03? Uh, I'm confirming this right now, but I believe the Patriots. Off of a loss. Check. I'm checking it right now. I'm confirming. I'm, I'm no hyperbole here. <laughs> Patriots off a loss since 03. 47 and 9 straight up. 40 and 16 ATS. Now, if you want more recent trends for that situation, since 
and 13, the Patriots off a loss. 18 and 4. TS. Pretty remarkable. Hungry off a loss. Doesn't have to be explained too much more. And there are other teams in the NFL that off a loss, their money. Yeah, no, that is traditionally, I mean, there's certain spots that you'll always find me on. KC off a bye, Pats off a loss, you name it, man. Um, I, I think that's really anything else that sticks out to you on this board, man. Like I said, I don't love this slate. The Patriots are, look, you give me Patriots under a touchdown, I'm laying it every single time to be truthful with you. Um, and I do like Houston in that spot. Uh, I think we agree on pretty much having the Dallas first quarter under we talked about. Let's talk about two gross games. Um, any interest in Buffalo laying six on the road in Miami or the Washington Redskins laying a point and a half no, against the Jets? No. I'm a little confused. Uh, you know, so it was at 50 and a half. Now there's some 49 and a halves out. And it happened last week, too, in the Tampa Bay, Arizona game where that total dropped a bit. And I don't get it. Tampa has covered seven straight overs. And the was right around 65 points per game. Like, they're obliterating the overs. Hmm. You get a Saints team who on that Tampa over basically slip right? walk through that I game that last stat. week. You got Tampa's secondary. It, 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 is the reason for these overs. It's a bad secondary to be able to carve them up. What do you like better, the over or Tampa or uh, the Saints team total over? I like Saints team total over. Off a bad Atlanta game. Yeah, I, I would. I would. I like that because you could just isolate it and, and not even have to worry about Jameis Winston. And, and if the Saints play really good defense, which they could get held to a lower output. My man, I think we, we carved our way through the first episode. I think in the future, we're going to, again, the topics of conversation, I think will always be something that we involve. We're going to start doing a little more TV. We'll, we'll do an over-under of how many times you talk about the last week's episode of Billions when that show comes on. I cannot wait for that, personally. Um, anything else that comes back out? What do we have for TV? <laughs> What's coming up? Isn't the Game of Thrones prequel coming out soon? What else we got? We got Billions coming back soon. Anything else you out there that like that you like? Um. I, I have a couple more episodes to catch up on billions and then I'm ready to go for the new season. Um, dude, my TV game during football season is so bad. Like yeah. I don't have time to, ugh, I can't even like it. And especially with basketball season, I'm transitioning. I, I got to find time to just binge watch some shows, but yeah, we'll cover more. Um, we will definitely segue more uh, of our other conversational and mix in some other betting angles of that. But yeah, uh, just want to keep light and, and give out a bunch of information and also just you know, some fun uh, storylines that are going on in the sports world in general. For sure. And again, next week probably will be a guest episode. This was just kind of the introduction to us, what we'll be kind of doing and talk about as always, man. Um, Anything else before we get out of here? We're on our, our own feed now. Um, rate, subscribe, uh, review, five stars, all that good stuff. We have Inside Vegas Tease Up up on Amazon.com. You got anything else for anybody before we get out of here, bro? Nothing, man. Just get ready for of picks, whether you're making your own or getting them from somebody else. 
go in with a level head. Sometimes we're at we're at the point in the season where where things can get a little tiresome. Everyone, uh, I, myself included, so you get very tired. It's a grind. You're in November. Uh, weather's changing, but uh, find uh, find your zone and and get you know be able to relax and go into this weekend with a clear head. All right, man. We will be back same time slot again. We have obviously moved, so we could dive into the Thursday night Thursday night games if needed. What do you want to say, man? We'll say first half under in that Thursday night game. We'll do first what else you under want to go. First half under and Steelers plus the points. I'm going to say Dallas first quarter under right until the wheels fall off. That's going to do it for myself. Find me on Twitter at Christian Pina again inside Vegas. Brought to you by the Sports Gambling Podcast Network on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Of course, you can find James on Twitter at Spread Investor. Episode one is in the books. We started the clock over, man. Let's make it to 100 this time, all right? Absolutely. We will talk to you guys next week.